BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Remember all those big dreams you used to have, and then life made other plans? With a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van, it's time to bring those dreams back. Start your own business or commit to van life with a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van. Now, you could win the Mercedes-Benz Sprinter Mode 4x4 that we have. Enter the Dan Patrick Show Ultimate Camping Rig Sweepstakes. To enter, get official rules. Visit danpatrick.com or foxsportsradio.com. Have to do it by February 2nd for your chance to win. Get right to the romance and find the way to wow this Valentine's with 1-800-Flowers.com. From classic roses and bouquets to decadent chocolate-covered berries, gourmet treats, and more, surprise your Valentine with 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now, get the 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for $39.99 or upgrade to 24 red roses for $10 more. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. Hey! 
Hey, welcome into the All Ball Podcast. I'm your boy, Doug Gottlieb. Man, 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 are you going to love this? You're going to love this. Uh, Matt Mooney is a, I, we always see in basketball, we say kid, right? He's a kid from about 45 minutes outside of Chicago, Wakanda, swear to God, that's what it's called, different spelling, Wakanda, Chicago, and uh, went to Notre Dame Prep. And his journey to the NBA, to the Cleveland Cavaliers, is nothing short of remarkable. I, mean, I want you to think about this for a second. He had one scholarship offer out of high school. That was to go to the Air Force Academy, but he didn't get to go to Air Force right away. He had to go to their prep school, which is on the campus in Colorado Springs. I don't want to give away what happened, but crazy story what happened. Then he, he goes prep for a year, plays there for a year, and then decides I want to leave Air Force. He goes to the University of South Dakota, plays for Craig Smith, who's now the head coach at Utah State. Goes to South Dakota, sits out for a year, then tears it up for two years. Then he transfers again, was close to going to Creighton, decides to go to Texas Tech. And at Texas Tech, he had a dream season. They go to a national championship game. They were tied with the ball out of bounds underneath the, their own basket with a couple seconds remaining. And obviously they lost in overtime to Virginia. Then he goes to the Hawks summer. I'll, I'll let him tell the story. Nonetheless, it's a story of perseverance, of hard work, work ethic, and self-belief. Um, there's also a personal side to it. Uh, with his father, you, you, you're going to love this pod. A um, couple of quick thoughts basketball-wise. Obviously, college basketball is starting to come together. And it's interesting that we're talking to Matt Mooney, who ended one of Gonzaga's dream seasons. They're the preseason number one. I mean, think about this. It's been 20 years now of Gonzaga dominance in college basketball, but only recently have they made deep runs or deeper runs in the NCAA tournament. Final Four, the national championship game a couple years ago, which they end up losing by one possession. So now, like, Gonzaga has a legit shot to win it, to win the whole thing, and that would be the last thing to accomplish. They dominate their conference, they dominate their conference tournament, they sent one and done to the NBA, they're now a preseason number one team in the country, they've been to a Final Four, been to a national championship game, the only thing left is to actually win that last game on Monday night. We'll see this year if they can do it. We'll talk more about the teams. Baylor also right there as a, almost like a co-number one. Fascinating what Scott Drew has been able to do. If you remember, he took over. Dave Bliss was caught on an audio tape, putting the blame on one of his players who was shot dead by one of his other players. I mean, they had recruited guys off campus, no scholarships his first year, to building Baylor into being an elite eight team several times over losing to Duke, a couple questionable calls. Could this be the year that Scott drew lives the impossible dream gets to a final four or maybe wins the national championship at Baylor. So that's kind of what's in front of us with college basketball. The rest is a little bit messy, right? We think we're a couple of weeks away from college basketball starting, but the COVID numbers continue to rise. The restrictions get a little bit tighter and we still don't have true clarity on how many of these events will absolutely positively go off. There's going to be a season, what it looks like, I can't honestly tell you. But the other part that's interesting is here we are a week away from the NBA draft. And how many of these guys can you recall off the top of your head? Now, many of you know that covering college basketball, I'm a huge proponent of the sport, but of the value of the promotion of the sport. Now think, how many of these guys can you actually name? Because you didn't see Anthony Edwards play in the NCAA tournament. Probably wouldn't have anyway, but you, you didn't see, you know, name the player and you didn't, see, uh, the Okoro kid from Auburn would be a top seven pick. Didn't see him play. Not because of anything he did, but because of COVID. It shows the value 
of the NCAA tournament. So we'll get to some of that with Matt Mooney. Last thing, boy, the NBA is in a pickle. They're going to start before Christmas, play those Christmas games. And that's great for the Golden State Warriors, who also get a little bit of tax relief with some of the CBA rules that have been uh, put down. But what do you do with LeBron James? And what do you do with the Heat, those teams that just got done playing and now have such a limited offseason? My guess is the LeBrons of the world will suddenly take a lot more breaks not just in December, in January, into February, and slow roll out how much they play this NBA season. All right, let's get to our discussion with Matt Mooney. All right, let's welcome him in. He's uh, Matt, Matt Mooney joins us. I, I want to get to your life and, and, and everything, but it's fascinating. Like, this is just, like, this is what I, I really want. Like, basketball, and I think you're starting to, you probably already know this, and you're starting to figure it out. There's so much connectivity, right? Like, it's, it's interesting. I, Mike Garrity is the is the player development coach. Is that what the, his term his name is right there? Yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. Mike Garrity grew up in Orange County. When he was just a little twerp, he was probably sixth, seventh grade. My dad used to have um, a basketball academy workout Sundays at Woodbridge High School in Irvine, California. And there used to be this little kid, and the dad was like, this guy is going to be a player. He wants to be the next Doug Gottlieb. Mike Gary wore 44 because I was his guy. And now he's, wow. your, he's your developmental coach. And he played USC, stud player, good dude. <laughs> he's great. Isn't that funny? No, that, yeah, that's a, no, it is a small world. I heard that he was out training uh, Mike Brown's son. And then when Mike Brown got the job here, he brought him on and just because, you know, he, uh, he liked what he was doing. But he's really good at what he does. Yeah, it's it's really amazing. Um, okay, where in Chicago did you grow up? So I grew up in Wakanda. It's uh, forty five minutes northwest. Wait, of Chicago. Wakanda? Wakanda, man. Wait, like yeah, Wakanda people, forever? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's the joke people make. Spell different spelling. Okay, so it's it's forty five minutes from Chicago. Which which direction? Northwest. Okay, so that's like, so that's not like Glenbrook North and all that. That's past that, right? past that have you been out that way yeah yeah i mean i was born in milwaukee i spent i have friends a lot of friends from uh from that part around there in chicago whatever done some work there as well at at times it's awesome i mean okay so your first memory of basketball is where what do you like first memory wakanda park district uh just playing like in i think i was probably in kindergarten first grade my dad was coaching i know your dad was coaching uh you growing up, I've listened to your stuff. My brother listens to a lot of your stuff, actually. Um, but my dad was coaching kind of park district, you know, playing on those eight foot goals. And, uh, you know, everybody just runs to the ball type of thing. And every, every time you get it, you shoot it. That's probably what I first memory. Okay. So then as you, as you grew up, were you only a ball guy or did you play baseball, football, other sports? No, I played other sports, but I, I loved basketball. Um, and I, I was small. I was real small. So like football, I love football. I liked football, but I was like, I was too skinny. Uh, so in baseball, I was pretty good at baseball. I liked soccer too, but around fifth grade, I gave everything up. I played football till eighth grade, but fifth grade, I gave everything up. Cause you know, baseball in the summer conflicts with AAU and uh, I gave it up, you know, and my dad was always trying to think like, all right, what's the best way we can get him a scholarship. So he was trying to keep me in baseball, baseball or other sports. Cause he didn't know, you know, so basketball ended up working out, but I, I just loved it. 
I, I understand. So, okay. So you're like fifth grade, sixth grade, you're, you're little and you're like, dad, this is what I want to do. He wants you to like, this is by the way, it's like a snapshot of my life. My son's left-handed. I'm like, bro, you ain't giving up baseball, but he loves, he loves <laughs> That's my brother. And, huh? Yeah. He, lo- he loves yeah. hoop, but I don't know, like I'm, I'm smaller than you. And I don't know if he's going to be my size. Um, so, uh, were you, were you really good? Did you blossom? Like, okay. T- middle school type, type age were you how good were you I was good um I was good in middle school and high school was where you know I just didn't hit I didn't hit my growth spurt and you know I was I was still good but I wasn't you remember how big you were when you entered high school yeah I was five 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 or five six yeah so here's Uh, so here's my so I was five feet tall at the end of eighth grade five feet 105 pounds and the, my dad, the whole year was like, he's staying back because I grew late. He's going to grow late. So I stayed back and I ended up, I stayed in the same school district, but different school. And then I switched school districts, go to high school. And I entered high school at like five, nine. So 15 months, I grew nine inches. And I was like, and I was during the year I grew so much. I was terrible. And I was okay as a, as a freshman. So yeah. uh, you're a freshman. You played JV. Freshman team? Like, what, what were you as a freshman? Well, so I ended up going to high school, like, right on the north side of Chicago. I went kind of far away because my dad was, you know, trying to figure out where to where to send me because we were trying to get a scholarship, right? Um, so I went to play for Tom Les, Notre Dame High School there on the north side. And uh, it was a basketball school. So it was just, you know, I was going to be uh, – that was the focus. And, you know, we, we were going to play against kids in the city, better competition. So he sent me there and, uh, I mean, we were good. So I played sophomore as a freshman and then I played sophomore as a sophomore and I played varsity as a junior. I didn't really even start my junior year till like halfway through. So, okay. So then your senior year, how good were you? My senior year, I was good. I mean, we were, we were like top five, top 10 in the state in Chicago, you know, it was pretty good. And, you know, I was our best player. Um, we didn't have any other division one guys. We had some talented guys, uh, we had some good players, some other college players. We had really good, like high school players, but, um, my senior year, I, I think my, my senior year, I averaged almost 20 a game, you know, it was 25 and five, something, something along those lines, but I wasn't all state or anything. What AAU program? Chi-Town Diablos. Who was on that team? Um, you know, nobody that you would know, you know, Chris Galbraith, he ended up going Juco and then went to Sam Houston State. Uh, Josh Doss, one of my teammates, ended up playing at, with me at University of South Dakota. Uh, we had a little point guard who played Division Two, Ari. Uh, we were, you know, we, we had a dude, Gavin Schilling, who left our team. He ended up playing at Michigan State, but he went to Mac Irvin Fire. Yeah, my coach, Chuck problem. Demas, he just put together some guys in the city and made a team and we weren't sponsored or anything like that. So then, um, how did, so then from there you went to, did you go to the air force prep or did you go to the air force right away? I went to prep because I broke my ankle out of high school. So yeah, I was around for a little while in college out of high school, right before I was going to go to the, uh, to the Academy, I was supposed to just go to the Academy and I was being stupid. I mean, I wasn't being stupid, but I was, so I was riding a bike. Being, being stupid. What were you doing? I was being stupid. I was, I was riding a bike, you know, I was trying to get ready for basic training and 
I had like a something wrong with my foot. So the doctor told me just just ride a bike to stay in shape. So it's raining outside, and me and my brother we we grab our we grab our bikes and we're going for a bike ride, and we get to this uh this trail. It's like a one mile loop, and you know I'm pretty competitive, and I'm like, all right, Joe, you go you go left, I'm gonna go right. We're gonna race. First one to get back here wins. So I start going. I'm going way too fast. We got these really old bikes. They're, you know they're not very good. We we don't bike ever, and uh, I start going down this hill, and you know. I get to the bottom of the hill, my back tire slips out. I smash my foot in the ground, break my ankle. So then Air Force was like, all right, you can't do basic training with a busted ankle. So they sent me to the prep school. Who recruited you to Air Force? Uh, Steve Snell and Dave Pilipovich, yeah. Coach Pilipovich. So when they came to your house, was there any? Was there ever a point where like, I do not want to be in the Air Force? So like, I know you want to play hoop, and I've called games Air Force like, I actually kind of dig the place. It's beautiful. And like, you want to hoop, mm-hmm. you want to hoop. But they're like, hey, by the way, afterwards, you're going to have to be in the Air Force. Although Air Force is kind of cool. They had a chance of maybe right. fly a plane. I don't know. No, I, I never wanted to be in the military. It wasn't like a, you know, I didn't come from a military family. I didn't want to fly a plane. Uh, but that was my only Division One offer. And, you know, my dream was always Division One. So I went on a visit. They never came to my house, but I went on the visit and, uh, you know, I, I like the facilities. I like the coaching staff. I like coach P. So I just decided, you know, this is, if this is what I got to do to, to fulfill my dream of division one, then I'm going to do it. I'm going to go through the basic training and all the military and all that stuff. And, uh, so I, I took it and plus they were in the mountain West, which was a good league and is yeah. a good league. It was a really good league at the time. Yeah. Not, not as good, not as good when you left. It was, I mean, that's, that's why the league got bad was you left really that's that's, that's what yeah. okay yeah, so definitely. so you you can't do basic you go and now all of a sudden you're in air force prep now for people who don't know yeah it's prep school it's literally on the same campus right like where mm-hmm. do you, you guys have your own dorms or you're intermingled with with regular cadets like what, what's that existence like no i'm surprised you know that, that much about it it's uh it's on the base and it's like three miles away from the academy and then we're I mean, we're in the military. We had to do basic training as well, but they allowed me to do it with the broken leg. And uh, it was hard, man. It was hard. Um, well, okay. Hardest, it, it, thing, it's, it's, hardest thing you have to do. Hardest thing I had to do? Yeah. There? Yeah. Well, so I went through three weeks of basic training at the prep to go through that school year. And then, you, do basic you know, training that year would... Yeah, that year was tough, but um, and I only played about half the season because I was still getting healthy. And then the next year, I went through basic training again for six weeks. But the hardest thing you have to do is you just the thing the thing about Air Force and like the military and basic training is like you're constantly doing things you don't want to do when you don't want to do them. You know, you just have no say. You just got to do it. And you know, you're up at four thirty in the morning, and first thing you're doing, you know, sirens are going off, beating on the door. And you're just going for like a 10 mile run and you're doing pushups. And, you know, there was a time, there was a time we literally, you're not going to believe this. People probably aren't going to believe this, but we did a hundred, my squadron, we did 120 pushups in a row without stopping. Like the form probably wasn't great, but I never would have thought I could do that. And it's just like, you push yourself past your, your limits mentally. You're, you're a lot stronger than you realize. Yeah, or it's you, more it, 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 yeah. It's one of those, if you can do this, there's nothing you can't do, right? It's that doesn't 
I mean, it's like, look, in, in no way does it compare to what is it? It said it's a plebe in the army. What is it called when you're a freshman at, at, at the Air Force? Wow, I can't believe I can't think of it right now. You can't remember uh, it? Oh, man. It's going to come to me during this this conversation. I know. I it, even... it, it will. Okay. So, um, but like, oh, so when I went to Oklahoma State, we we decided we had the, my first time running. I get there, it's like August, and August in Oklahoma is hot as balls, right? So we're running, and yeah. we, had to, we had to run from the weight room to the track, which is like a half mile, like just a jog to warm up. And then we did our sprints and stuff on the track, and then we run back. Right. Mm-hmm. And, I remember, and we were running back. Dudes are just throwing up. And I was like, and I, I told coach, I was like, Hey man, it is not safe. It's a hundred degrees. And you got some big dude. He's like, all right, well you run at six in the morning. We're like, okay. So it kind of became our thing. And it's like, dude, and I, the worst part, Sorry, right? this, is, this is what I'm interested in. Right. Yeah. And I guess, I don't know. They do the bugle or whatever. The worst part is not getting up. It's the fear of not waking up, which wakes you up like at three in the morning, at four in the morning, at four thirty in the morning, then at five in the morning, then five thirty. Like, oh shit! Now I got to get up, right? Yep. So yep. how do you how do you overcome that? The idea it's not the oversleeping because everybody gets up and wakes you up, but it's the mindset of oh god, I can't oversleep, or then there's going to be hell to pay. How do you overcome it when at yes. where at Air Force? Yes. Well, in basic training, you have no choice. Like they, you don't have your phone, so they're banging and sirens are going off. But then in the school year, yeah, if you if you do not wake up, what they do is they just punish everybody else and they make you stand there and watch, so you feel terrible about it. Um, I I don't know if I ever missed it because I was so afraid of not waking up. I was already in trouble. You know, they didn't like me. You know, uh, from the jump there. So I knew like, I can't miss this. Um, and it's crazy like how our bodies work. We just kind of automatically wake up. But nowadays we got the cell phones and we can set the alarm. So I don't think I ever missed one. What What do you remember about playing there? Uh, Princeton offense. I hate yeah. it. I, I don't like yeah. Princeton offense. I, I, I didn't enjoy the Princeton uh And I like, and I've know, had I, Dave, just so you know, I've had Dave on the pod and I like Dave a okay. great deal. Okay. And so do I. And, and so, but, and this goes back to, I used to cover Air Force when Bezdelic was there and before him when, uh, when Chris Mooney was the head coach there. I guess Mooney's my guy. He's been on the pod and he's a Princeton guy. And I just, that's just not my jam. It's just, it's, it's, it's so, um, like I, I've always, I always been, I always think it's funny that guys that run Princeton, like they can't even function in normal pickup basketball because they're so kind of programmed to elbow chin it, you know when you when you if you've been right. there a couple of years you you can play you can play basketball but you struggle to play basketball sometimes yeah and that's the hard thing with the prince and I agree with you I don't want to bat witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. 
smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey guys, it's Steve Cavino from Cavino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck... You buy Toyota Dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. The Princeton or Coach P, you know, Coach P was a good coach and he, he had some success over there. Um, but it takes away your instincts. Like basketball, the, the thing that I love about the game is the creativity that, that you can, you know, use your instincts and read and react to what the defense does. But with the Princeton, it's just already kind of premeditated. And yeah. I didn't enjoy it. Um, you know, and I think there's a way to run it with you know, you guys a little bit more. Dooley's, by the way. Dooley's. That's what they call you, a dually, right? No, no, it's not a dually. That's what it says. It says uh, Is it a dually? 
Yeah. No. Yeah. Which means like servant. Uh, it's. I, I need to text one of my guys. I, <laughs> I, I can't believe I can't think about it. It's not a plea. Plea is army. It's a. Telling you it's a dually. Anyway. It's okay, not dually. So, huh? It's, it's not, not a dually. We were cadets, but they call us something else. Get right to the romance and find the way to wow this Valentine's with 1-800-Flowers.com. From classic roses and bouquets to decadent chocolate-covered berries, gourmet treats, and more, surprise your Valentine with 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now, get the 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for $39.99 or upgrade to 24 red roses for $10 more. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. If I could be you. And you could be me. For just one hour. If you could find a way. To get inside. Each other's mind. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. We've all felt left out. And for some, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Walk a mile in my shoes. What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination, our sense of wonder, and our family bonds grow too. Because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, we reconnect with each other. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. How, how did you play there one or two years? One year. So you're there two years, right? You're in uh, the Springs for two years. Yeah. What's the decision like to leave? Like, t- take me through to how was it hard? Did you go see Coach P? Did you text him? Did you go sit down face to face? Like, what, what was take me through the experience? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was a, it was a very tough decision. Um, you know, because here's here's the uh the thought process of people who get into the academy because so many people try to get in it's like it's your ticket if you graduate from there you know the the saying is you work hard for four years you have fun for 40 and they say you know if you go to another school you have fun for four years and you work hard for 40 that's that's kind of the mantra yeah um so like everybody there it's like okay once you get in there you might hate it there but it's your ticket because if you graduate you know you do your time in the Air Force, you're set for you're life. Officer, you're set. Great school, great reputation. You're set. Get any job you want when you're done. And that's kind of it, it keeps a lot of guys there who don't want to be there. And I just kind of got that out of my head is like, I don't have to stay here to be successful, no matter which way I go with hoops or whatever I do. And I didn't know like playing professionally was gonna be you know an option at the time, but I knew I wanted to see how far I could go with the game of basketball. Because that was the hard part there, too, was, uh, you know, you had limited time to focus on hoops. Um, it was military and school was, was your priorities. But I had to sit down with Coach P before spring break uh, because we get a week off to go home for spring break. I had to sit down with him and just told him, you know, my frustrations, this and that. And, um, you know, long story short, I just wasn't happy there. And, uh, you know, 
with it was a tough year for me when it came out it came out that you had alleged that you were bullied there right right, right. yeah yeah that made things way worse because i i talked about i talked to some guy and i just said you know bullying and stuff happens here um and it it's just part of the system you know the upperclassmen like if you're an underclassman, it's like the in the military, you know, it's like yeah. you have to listen to somebody who ranks higher than you. So if they tell you to do anything, they want to do anything to you. It's just like, okay, like upperclassmen would come in my room. They'd be like, all right, you know, your room's dirty. And then they just throw my bed on the floor and throw some clothes out on the floor. And then I got to clean it all up to like the proper standards and fold my clothes 10 by 10. And it's like that stuff would happen. And it's just, um, I mean, I guess it's part of it, but it's, it would happen to me in my roommate more than, than I guess. So. I guess here's, here's the question. I've always, I've, I kind of wonder the picture painting, which is you're a very religious guy. Religion is very important to you. And Air Force is a place where it has always been. It's it's kind of come out that it's the very there's a lot of very, uh, very a lot of Christian beliefs. And there's a lot of people that are at least alleged to be very religious there. Doesn't that go counter yeah. to the idea of throwing somebody's stuff all out in the and treating them like dirt just because they're a freshman? Well, first, a couple things. One, you know, I don't want to talk bad about Air Force. It's part of like, you know, it's part of the process and training and getting making guys tougher mentally and physically. And I think there were some people there who abused their power and, and that, that happens in any line of work you're in. But also, there's a lot of great people there. So like you're saying, there's Christian and good people and no matter what they believe, good people. And then the third thing I would just say is like, I'm not a, you know, it's hard to explain, but I wouldn't say I'm a religious person. I just, I'm more of a relational, you know, I, 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 I'm working on my relationship with God, you know, religion is following a set of rules and, you know, you got to do these things, uh, checking off the boxes and that, but I'm more of a relational person. It's a great way to look at it. Okay. So yeah, you had, you had a buddy at uh, AU teammate at South Dakota, right? You, you announced you're going to transfer. And yeah, he wasn't there yet. Huh? He was not there yet. He was okay. So you're, you, but you announced you're going to transfer. Okay. But it wasn't like you killed it at Air Force. No disrespect, right? You played (laughs) some, you shot well. You guys weren't good. Um, you're okay. So how'd you get to, how'd you get to play at South Dakota? Yeah. They were like the first school to call me. I think them and, uh, maybe Buff. Uh, I'm not sure. They were like one of the first schools to call me. And, Coach Hanson was the assistant there. It's my guy. And, you know, Coach Smith had just got there. He's you know, right. I was fortunate enough to play for, like, two of the best coaches in college basketball, Smith and Beard. But, anyway, Smith was there, and they uh, they were building brand-new facilities there. It was a little bit closer to home. You know, both my, my family was in the uh, Chicago area, so that was, like, a seven-, eight-hour drive. And that the Summit League, there's some school like Indiana and you had Western Chicago Illinois. State. Chicago State in the Summit League? No, they're they're I don't know what league they're in. IUPUI, I think is right. And I, you know. They used to be Ui uh Pui. But um you know, honestly, it just was it was the coaches. I uh I visited Colgate. Oh, it was Colgate. It came down to Colgate in South Dakota. And I really like the guys over at Colgate. And you know, my dad is kind of like my uh you know, my basketball. Uh, mentor. Um, and he really wanted me to go to Colgate. And so it was really hard for me. I was like, man, I don't really want to go out here. It's a small town out in New York. And uh, picked South Dakota it, instead. I just, you know, 
Right, right. You, but hey, I love South Dakota. Um, I'm not saying you don't. Like, I'm a, okay. So, South University of South Dakota is located where? It's in Vermilion. It's like an hour south of Sioux Falls. Okay, how many people in Vermilion, roughly? Twenty thousand. How many people? In but school? that's the thing. Colgate was even smaller. Colgate no, was like three thousand people. No, and I, I know all those schools in the Patriot League are like that. Great schools, ton of fun on campus. Nothing to do outside of that. Uh, South Dakota. How many people? How many people? How many students? Ten thousand. Okay. Um, it just came down to look. I love the coaches at Colgate, and I love the guys good. at South Lightning's Dakota. Good. But yeah, he is good. He's good. He uh, he was a good player too. And I think that would have been a good fit for me too, you know, but I just, I really liked coach Hanson and coach Smith and I felt like they were building something there. Uh, so I decided on that. I want to do something. I about normally, it, normally I, I do this. I like to do it in chronological order, but I want to stop for one second and I want you to think about something. Okay. Okay. You leave air force. You're sitting out at South Dakota. Yeah. If I would have told you at that moment that you would be a member of the Cleveland Cavaliers in the NBA. What percentage of you would have believed that? Mm. I don't know, man. I always, that's why, I, I mean, I wouldn't have believed you. I, re- I wouldn't have believed you. But I always you had a little bit somewhat, of belief. But You might have somewhat, yeah. but people around you would have been like. No, it was something I could never say, but it was something internally I felt like, man, I can get there. I can get there. I just need a shot. I need a, and I need to keep getting better. But I felt like. I can get there one day. Um, but it was, I knew it was a small possibility. Like if I was going to get there, it was going to have to be, uh, you know, take everything I had in me and, you know, I'm going to have to catch some breaks along the way. So you sit out at South Dakota. Okay. Yeah. And you transfer. What was that year like for you? Like this is another year sitting out another year, not hooping. What, what, what were you just in the gym all the time? Was it tough for you mentally? What was that year like? Yeah, that's where uh, that was a tough year um, for me. Just you know, I had some things going on with my family, and then not being—I tried to get a waiver, didn't get the waiver. So then when that news came in, and uh, you know, I was just trying to find my way. I was like, man, I, I had an injury and played one year, and I had to sit out, and um, so I just was in the gym all the time. And uh, me and Coach Hanson and Coach G, and I would be in there in the morning before class and practice, and I go back at night and pretty much every day. And, uh, you know, we just focused on pretty much three things. We focused on, uh, shots off the move, you know, one or two dribble pull-ups and shots off the catch. Like that's all I drilled. Um, just really trying to get good at those, those things. And, um, you know, it was, it was a long year for sure, but it was looking back, it might've been the most important year of my college just because I got to really improve on my game for that year. So now all of a sudden you're like, you, you have the, the gift of having played some division one basketball. You're a little bit older. Your body's kind of filled out and mature. And you had a year of working just on your game with those coaches. All right. Now, now what was that first year like playing at South Dakota? Uh, it was hard getting into it. The first half of the season was not very good. I was, I was our leading scorer, but I was inefficient. And, you know, at South Dakota, now I play primarily point guard over there. I was playing the two and, uh, you know, I was, I was really struggling. I remember halfway through the season, I sat down with coach Smith and we had, we had a talk and, uh, I was like, coach, just, just give me that green light. I'm not going to let you down. Just give me that green light. 
just because I, I didn't feel it from him. And, you know, I wasn't playing very well. We, we were we were solid. But, um, you know, he's like, all right, I'll give you that green light. But if you if you mess up, then, you know, I got to go with somebody else type of thing. And he gave me the green light and gave me more, you know, ran more plays for me and gave me that confidence. And the second half of the season, I, you know, played, played unbelievable. Um, not unbelievable. I played well. And uh, we won the league. And, um, you know, we had a really good season. We, we won our league, but we lost on a buzzer beater in the conference tournament. You know how it is with the mid-major. It's brutal. And what do you? I, I'm, I'm looking at the stats. I'm just, you know, I'm looking at the stats of that game. What What do you remember? Which game? The NIT game? No, the the end of season game. The one that ended your, the one that ended ended that year in the conference tournament. Well, I remember I played pretty well. I mean, I was, um, I think I had thirty or so, and I had a shot. What happened was I had a shot in the corner with like twenty seconds left to put us up by three. And I thought that was it. You know, it was a tough shot. I thought, like, okay, we're going. And then Mike Dom, I don't know if you remember Mike Dom. You yeah, probably do. The dominator. Basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Good, really good college player. He came down and our big guy followed him. He went, to, like, we followed him right away. He went to the free throw line, made both. So now we're up one. And then they fouled uh, one of our guys, a freshman who was a really solid player, but he goes to the line and missed a one on one. So now we're up one. And they had this dude, this point guard. We knew they were trying to get the ball to Dom. So we were, you know, trying to not let him get in. The point guard just pulled up and hit the shot at, you know, with 0.9 seconds left. And that was it. And uh, that was really hard to, to deal with. Because, like, my dream was Division One, but my dream was NCAA tournament. I mean, I skipped school to watch the NCAA tournament when I was a kid. Yes. So. And then, okay, so um, I think think about that heartbreak. And then, like, you, I'm sure at the time you're like, I'm never, this is not, not going to happen for me. You fast forward two years later and you're in the final four, right? Like, yeah. that's, it, it, it is like your path's so interesting. Okay. So you have a second year. Next year you play in the CBI. Yeah. You, you, yeah. You, you get done. Mm-hmm. Coach Smith is going to leave to Utah State, right? Did you know right. you were going to, you were going to grad transfer? At that point, at that point, you're like, I'm playing really well. I can grad transfer. Did when did when did it when did it happen that you I want to grad transfer and go somewhere bigger? So obviously that was on my mind, but I I think I was going to stay with Smith. You know, we because we didn't get to the tournament. I loved my teammates there. I loved the university, but I was getting a little bit older. You know, I was getting almost 23, I think. Um, trying to remember that year, but it was like, all right, do I stay here? at South Dakota, try to get to the tournament, finish what we started, or do I go somewhere bigger, take a chance on myself, try to get some exposure. But the risk there is you go somewhere bigger and you don't play well. Now I got nothing. Right. You know, if, if Plus I, you have what, what they don't tell, what, what people don't realize is like, if you stayed at South Dakota, okay, you didn't make the tournament, you, you're a legend there. You could coach there. You could broadcast, you live there, you do whatever dudes that transfer that second time, you kind of, if it doesn't work out, like for you, it worked out great. But for most people, you're kind of a man without a home. You know, you don't have, exactly. you're not getting invited back Amen. to alumni games when you played, when you were at school for nine months. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, you hit it on the head. And that's something I thought about a lot is like, I don't have a legacy anywhere. You know, I yeah. don't have a legacy. I don't have somewhere I can come back to 
And like, I love South Dakota. I was like, man, I probably won't be able to come back here anymore if I leave. Um, but, you know, I, I talked about, you know, my faith is really important to me and my relationship with God. And uh, it's something I prayed a lot about. And sometimes, you know, for most people call it that gut feeling. You know, I believe it's it's the Holy Spirit. And I just felt like I had to I had to go. And once Smith got the job at Utah State, it's I kind of knew it was like, all right, I probably got to, you know, go somewhere else and try to play against the best competition and see see how I stack up. Why? Uh, I know there was a bunch of schools. Why Tech? Coach Beard, um, you know, pr- pretty simple. It, it, you Northwestern, I like those guys a lot, and it was close to home. My family wanted me to go there. It was tough. Creighton, I thought their style of play was uh, good for me. But, uh, you know, I think I think something that uh, has really helped me is just being uncomfortable and putting myself in uncomfortable positions. And, uh, you know, stay, going close to home, that was comfortable. Going to Creighton similar system close to South Dakota. Like it was two hours from South Dakota. So I still be by my friends. Um, but Texas tech, like, and I remember I went to Texas tech and I played pickup down there and I didn't play very good. The other places. I, I know the story. By the way. I, huh? Uh, they told me the story, by the way. Would they say I play bad or what? Yeah. They're like, eh. yeah, I like, he's better. He was better. On, they said, they were like, man, we loved him on tape. And then he was down there like, yeah. I love him. And, and beer was like, yeah, he's tougher than shit. He's my kind of guy. He's my kind of player. And, and the other guys on the staff were like, yeah, don't know if he's athletic enough to play at this level. Yeah. They still, I mean, I still don't know if I'm athletic enough, but they, um, that's, that's right. I never heard that story. That's funny. I didn't play very good down there. I wanted to play pickup just to see how they play the style of play the system. And, you know, those guys guard, uh, and they were guarding in pickup and it was different. Uh, but at the end of the day, I went down there cause I knew I was going to get better. Like the, the resources they have, the player development, the GAs, the coaches, like I knew they were going to win. And, you know, there was other schools recruiting me that have kind of fell that had fallen off. And I won't, I won't say which school in particular, but I remember, you know, one, one of the schools had gone to the tournament and they didn't go to the tournament. And they kind of had excuses for it, um, and they brought their whole team back, you know. And uh, my brother was just like my older brother Dan. He was just like Matt Beard would never let that happen. He's like he's going to find a way to win. And and Tech lost like most of their guys. You know, we weren't yes. projected to be very good. I know. Guys, you can, the guy's unbelievable. I mean, he's literally unbelievable. Yeah, uh, he is. He's different. Okay, breed. so what's like to play Duke? Because because I, I want to get yeah. to the Final Four, I want to get to the NBA, but for all of us like you and me who grew up watching the NCAA tournament, now you're playing Duke, yeah. neutral site game, you know, uh, playing for Tech. And I know you didn't play all that well. Um, no, but, not at all. What, uh, but, like, what's that feeling like? Like, holy shit, we're about to play Duke. Yeah, no, Duke is like the uh, – I don't know, it's like – Yankees. They're, they're the team everybody wants to play. Yeah, the Yankees, whatever, the Bulls in the 90s. They're the top dog. They're the team, you know, you see on TV, and it's just like they got legends that come out of there, Coach K. So, like, the hype was crazy. We were undefeated. I think they were number two uh, in the garden. So, it was electric in there. I think it was sold out, too. I don't, I don't know. I mean, other than the Final Four, I mean, there's some really good atmospheres in the Big 12. But – that was uh, something 
it, it was uh, a really good experience. I wish I could have that one back. So we all do, you know, we, we should have had that game. Yeah. Um, okay. Then you go on this magical run uh, in the, in the NCAA tournament and you go all the way to the final four, but it, like so much of it's a blur, right? Like you mm-hmm. crushed Michigan state. Like that was, but I mean, you hit all those, you hit a bunch of threes um, against Gonzaga and you guys, I mean, really- witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal. Unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 infinity QX 80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter and composer, John Batiste. The all new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey guys, it's Ray from the Bobby Bone Show here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Let's go! Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the hills to the trails all over. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander, with three spacious rows of seating, up to eight passengers, yeah. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer, check out amazing national sales event deals on RAV4s, Highlanders, and more. Visit buyatoyota.com, that's buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. 
As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Really sliced and diced Gonzaga. Um, when you close your eyes and you think back, but our memories are different as fans. What, what's your, mm-hmm. what, what do you remember? Yeah, I remember the Gonzaga game um, in Michigan State, you know, the last three. You know, the Virginia one, obviously, I don't, don't want to remember that, but, you know, got to move on. But it's on. possible uh, not to, right? Like, you remember the losses more than the wins. Right. That's a good point. Um, but I remember the Gonzaga game, man. Gonzaga, game, Gonzaga was really good. Yes. And that was, like, to their – I was in training camp with Memphis with Brandon Clark, and, you know, that was their year. They thought that was their year. You know, they were, they were stacked. Um, and I just remember we played out of our minds. Uh, I mean, we played really well, like as a team. Um, and I just remember, I I remember one play where I got a steal and I threw it away and they dunked it. And, um, I remember the play late where, you know, the Perkins Morrow dribbled it off his foot, Moretti, and then they hit the three. And I was like, Oh no, man, like, here we go. This is what you see on TV every year. But, um, that was a lot of fun. That was probably one of my most fun games. It was a complete game for myself, for the team. And then Michigan State, you can't really explain the Final Four um, to people. unless you, I mean, people have been there, but, like, playing in it is hard to explain because it's just so different than any other time I've ever played. You know, 80,000 people, 70,000, whatever it was, instead of 15. You know, even 15 is, is nuts. It's sold out 15,000. But 70,000? It's hard to explain how cool that is. What happened in the timeout? That's what I wanted to know. I, I said, not what happened in the timeout. You guys got the ball underneath your own basket and confusion. Which and then game? you guys got to, huh? Which game? Virginia. Virginia. Virginia game. At the end? Tie game? Yes. yes. What happened in the timeout? We were, uh, you know, we wanted to get the ball to Jarrett. You know, I, you know, we there was discussions of maybe making him a decoy and trying to do something else, but it happens so quick and you don't have much time. And you know, we just ended up with drawing up some some type of play to to get him the ball and get a shot off, and he ended up getting blocked. Um, you know, hindsight, it would have been. You know, I wish we could have got a better look there, but they're a really good defensive team, and who knows what we would have gotten. If you love to be remembered as the person who gives the best birthday gifts. I'm here to tell you that 1-800-Flowers.com is your ultimate birthday gifting destination. 1-800-Flowers has thoughtful and artfully created options that are guaranteed to deliver the best birthday surprise. Shop thousands of unique gifts at 1-800-Flowers.com for exclusive offers and great values. To order today, visit 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination, our sense of wonder, and our family bonds grow too. Because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, we reconnect with each other. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. 
Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. And we're live here outside the Perez family home just waiting for the... And there they go, almost on time this morning. Mom is coming out the front door strong with a double-arm kid carry. Looks like Dad has the bags. Daughter is bringing up the rear. Oh, but the diaper bag wasn't closed. Diapers and toys are everywhere. Ooh, but mom has just nailed the perfect car seat buckle for the toddler. And now the eldest daughter, who looks to be about 9 or 10, has secured herself in the booster seat. Dad zips the bag closed, and they're off. Ah, but looks like mom doesn't realize her coffee cup is still on the roof of the car. And there it goes. Oh, that's a shame. That mug was a fam favorite. Don't sweat the small stuff. Just nail the big stuff. Like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Learn more at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Um, what, what do you remember? What's that feeling like? Like, I remember my last game. And I, I just remember looking around the locker room because I was I just assumed we were going to cut down. I'm, I'm, my, my mentality was a lot like yours, where I just assume we're going to win. We're going to cut down the nets. We're going to go to the final four. Like you don't, don't like losing doesn't even come into the equation when you wake up that morning. And then you look around. And you're like, man, I, I fucking love these dudes. Like they're my guys. I can't believe I right. never get to play basketball with them again. It's different than when you only done it for a year. Do you remember what that was like in the locker room afterwards? <sighs> devastation man i mean you're talking like you got the elite eight like you're almost there we got the national championship um, i know you're like like right right damn. there with Overtime. the ball underneath your basket tie game in regulation so it's tough you know the only way i can really uh get past it is i can just focus on the positives and what i'm grateful for and like that we got that far i could have gone to another school we wouldn't even went to the tournament you know and I got to experience that and make it all the way there. But, uh, you know, personally, I have a lot of regret. Like, I wish I would have been more aggressive. And I still have dreams about it, man. I have dreams and I wake up and I'm like, man, uh, I have dreams that I like, I make the game winning shot. And I'm just like, man, I wish I would have been more aggressive and more assertive uh, earlier in that game. Because it's like, it's just another game, but it's not just another game. I know, I know. I, I would love so, to tell you that that goes away. Okay. It, yeah. it doesn't go away. It's like that's it's all right, but, man. Life goes on. The sun, the sun rises, and it, it does. Blessed, so. it, uh, totally. Okay, so you get done, okay, and your thought process by now is like, okay, now I can, I know I can make the league, but it's harder than just that. Summer league was with who? Atlanta. Okay, the draft comes and goes. You don't get picked. Did you watch the draft? I watched the draft because I had some good draft workouts and, you know, I got a really good agent, um, Chris Emmons, and I got a bunch of draft workouts. And obviously I don't get those workouts if we don't go to the final four and we don't get that exposure. And if I don't play well in, in that Michigan state game, I probably don't get that many workouts. Um, so I watched the draft because there was possibility. Maybe I get picked second round later, second round, but, uh, you get mad. Watching? I, knew it was, I knew it was a long, no, no, not at all. I knew it was a long shot, um, but my agent was like, hey, there's a couple teams that are you know, considering you. And uh, the draft comes and goes, and I get the call, and it's like, hey, uh, you want to go to Atlanta for Summer League? We got to decide in like a minute because they're trying to fill – Atlanta's trying to fill their roster, the Summer League teams. So I said, if you think that's what we do, then we do it. And I went to Atlanta. What was that like? Well, uh, 
you know, every step of the way for me, it's just pressure. You know, you got to perform. And because if I feel if I don't perform, then that's like it's like it's probably over, you know, limited opportunities. But I got to play 20 minutes a game with Atlanta in summer league and uh, I played OK. But I realized, like, I got to develop as a point guard. In college, I was like a combo. In summer league, I was like, I, I really got to hone in on my point guard skills. And if I'm going to play in the league, I got to be a point guard. Probably. 6'3", white guy, not the most athletic. Um, I got to be a tough you know, point guard, make the right reads. But also, you know, make some plays here and there. Like, not just – you know, that's the thing. I, Kirk Heinrich actually lives in uh, South Dakota. And uh, I would be working out with him sometimes. He's – I grew up watching him with the Bulls. You know, he's, he was a great player, a uh, really good player, played in the league for a while. And I remember him telling me, like, hey – because at first I was like, all right, I just got to be solid. You look at, like, white cards that played in the league, and mm-hmm. they were just super tough, gritty, solid guys, make open shots, make their free throws, make their teammates better type of thing. And I remember, you know, I'm trying to do that, but Kirk's like, look, you still got to – when you get in there, you got to show, like, that you can hoop yeah. too. You 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 got to still be aggressive and uh, you know because otherwise you're just out there. So, you know, he, he really, uh, you know, he was in my ear and helped me out with some things too. Okay. So then what, and then, then Memphis for training camp. Okay. Yeah. What, what was that like? Great experience. I love, I love the, I love Memphis, the staff and everybody there. Um, you know, the first time being in the NBA facility and being around NBA guys and playing, and, uh, you know, that was kind of like John Morant was there and, you know, he's young and super talented. And I was like, you know, I saw it firsthand, like how good that guy was going to be. So competing with all these guys. And that was the first time, like that gave me a lot of confidence playing with those guys and knowing that I'm, you know, and I was playing well, we played pickup. I'd be playing well. Um, that gave me a lot of confidence, but it's like, once you get to the NBA level, you got to remind yourself, you can't defer, you know, you got to remind, like I had to constantly remind myself, I belong here, you know, go out there, be aggressive, be a killer, you know, that type of thing. You talked about your relationship with God. It's not, it's not uh, like from a book, it's not true religion. It's more kind of your relationship and spirituality to it. How, how does, how does that help you? Because it's not easy, right? Like you're going places and you think you play well, and then now you're off to the G league and you're with new guys and your, your confidence is tested. Like, how does that play a part in what you've been able to do in terms of uh, sustaining kind of your will? Yeah. Great question. I'm really, I'm really glad you uh, asked me that. Um, you know, I found, I, I was in college at South Dakota and I was searching for answers. You know, I grew up Catholic, but I was just like, is this, you know, cause everybody grows up believing different things. So like, am I right? Because I grew up this way and they grew up that way. And what they, they believe that they're right. You know, somebody who grows up half, across the country or across the world, everybody believes different things. So I just started searching for truth. And, you know, I found that, that Jesus was the truth, um, you know, son of God rose from the dead. And so then I started just looking at what he said and how he lived and he showed us how to live. And, you know, I started developing my relationship with God. I realized it wasn't about, you know, rules and traditions, but more about, um, you know, just having my heart, being postured towards him. Like, do I love others the way he loves me? Sort of, that's what it all comes down to, the, the Bible. It all comes down to love. Love others as yourself, right? But, you know, with with the game of basketball, and halfway through the season, I told you that one year at South Dakota, my game kind of took off. What I didn't tell you is, 
you know, my, my relationship with God kind of took off. And I realized, like, I talk a lot about pressure, you know, there's constant pressure with the line of work I'm in. And, and you know, you've, you've lived it, played at a really high level. And uh, a lot of guys struggle dealing with that. And I struggled dealing with it. And for a long time. And if I, if I played bad, I felt like this big, you know, I felt yeah. like I was, I was worthless in a way. And that's not what God tells us. You know, he tells us what our worth is based on, you know, our, how we treat other people. So what I'm getting at is my relationship with God, it made me realize if I play poorly or if I play great, God's love for me doesn't change. And then my game took off because I just had this peace in me. And like, I knew no matter how I played, his love for me wasn't going to change. You know, I still had salvation through Jesus and I just started killing. It wasn't because I was, I was, you know, a lot of people make that prayer like, Lord, let me play my best. And that was me. I do that. I still do that. But it's like, he doesn't really care no. how we play. He cares how we treat other people. But I just, I had this peace inside me once my relationship with him. And I just, I started playing way better. Um, so. You're in Canton, right? And yeah. where were you when you got the call that you get to go play for the, the Cavs? I was in Memphis, actually. I was in Memphis. I was walking to because uh, I was with the G League team in Memphis, and we get tickets to the Grizzlies games. It was a Grizzlies Rockets game. I remember it like it was yesterday. And I get called to uh, I get called by my agent. I'm I'm on the side of the street, and he calls, and he the first thing he says is this. He says, "Hey, man, I regret to inform you, you're no longer with the Memphis Hustle." So I'm just like, I'm like, okay. He's like, pack your bags. You're going to Cleveland. You got a two way contract with the Cavs. So like, you know, that, that feeling we talked about earlier where I always felt like I could play in the league, but I knew it was going to be tough and I didn't know like it was ever going to happen, but I believed it could, you know, it was happening. And, uh, you know, I sat there on the, on the curb and I just, you know, I thank God. And the first person I called, um, was my dad and not to put a, a damper on the mood at all, but my dad's, you know, currently only got a couple months to live. You know, he's got, uh, he's got disease in his brain and only giving him a couple months left. And, um, but, but I say that because, you know, before my dad, um, before I got that call from my agent, I got a call from my dad and my dad has lived in Cleveland for about five years now. So he's been in Cleveland. And he called me about an hour before that. And he said, you know, he got bad news from the doctor. His cancer was spread. Okay. Well, an hour later, I got a call from my agent telling me I was going to Cleveland. And so I called him and he just said, you know, you just, uh, one of the worst days in my life became, just became one of the best. And it's given me a lot of time to be with him. And, uh, you know, he was at the first game and it was really cool to have him there. So that was the moment Then I called my brother, my mom and, people who have helped me get to this point, you know, back home, my coaches and stuff. And, uh, that's why it's special because so many people have helped me get here. Right. Nobody does it alone. So you share it with them. You know, yeah. I got, I got, I got two more things. I'm tight on time and I apologize. Cause it's, it's all good. First game you played was against the Knicks. Yeah. What was the shot you hit? Floater. Uh, I mean, I don't even, I don't shoot that shot a whole lot. Um, but pump fake, right foot, right floater looked kind of awkward. <laughs> but it just it, it went down and felt pretty good. That's my only bucket to this point because I only played a couple games. So so 
so that that leads me to my second question to the to the six foot two to five eleven white dudes out there that everybody's like you ain't got no shot dude you can go and pay your check and play an AU team you may play in college you're a guy that I'm sure people are like <laughs> you're not playing league right one scholarship offer to the Air Force out of high school you don't even go to the Air Force you go to their prep then you play one year there then to South Dakota then to tech Okay, then you scratched and clawed and you've made it. You have whatever you do the rest of your life, you have done what only 450 people get to do a year out of 8 billion people on earth. How do you persevere through the hard times? Yeah, good question. Um, I don't think I've made it. You know, I put on that jersey, but I'm still constantly pursuing, you know, make a career out of it and be better um, every day. But uh, how do you persevere through the hard times? For me, it was my faith. You know, um, and for those 5'11 to 6'2 guys or those guys who are underrated, it's just chase your dreams, man. Like everybody's going to tell you what you can and can't do or what you should do. Do what you love and go after it as hard as you can go after it. And if you don't make it, you don't make it, but you got to go for it. And that's how I felt. And that's why I made the decisions I made. And, um, you know, here I am and hopefully I'll keep on going. Hey, man, this is an awesome talk. Um... I'm so sorry to hear about your dad's struggles, but uh, I got to run and I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it, Doug. It's good to talk to you, man. Thanks, man. All right. All right. uh, Quick reminder, the Doug Gottlieb Show is daily, daily on FoxSportsRadio.com. You can stream us anywhere you go. You can download the podcast as well. And you can listen to us live 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific, FoxSportsRadio.com. Stream the show. We got great interviews, uh, football, baseball basketball as well. Anyway, my thanks to Matt Mooney and to you for joining us. I'm Doug Gottlieb and this is All Ball. If you love to be remembered as the person who gives the best birthday gifts, I'm here to tell you that 1-800-Flowers.com is your ultimate birthday gifting destination. 1-800-Flowers has thoughtful and artfully created options that are guaranteed to deliver the best birthday surprise. Shop thousands of unique gifts at 1-800-Flowers.com for exclusive offers and great values. To order today, visit 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 
Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandra. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club.